Crusaders win title number nine. And the ball's out. The game's over. White Kato are back. White Kato are back. White Kato are back. We got an extra time at Eden Park in the minor 10 Cup Premiership final. Walker Volker wants it. He kicks it out. Auckland celebrates. Last year they were breath away from relegation. This year the minor 10 Cup champions. They'll be cheering back in NZ. No doubt about that. New Zealand enjoy! New Zealand are the Sevens Rugby World Cup champions. To Retallick, show, go! The Big Bell is back! Mackenzie through! Dances inside Beal! Now he looks to accelerate again! Gives it to Leonard Brown! Gives it to Ben Smith! Smith pins the years back! He's gonna give it to Bowden Barrett! Dances inside! Scores! He's got four! He's got the record! Bowden Barrett! Damien oh. McKenzie! Oh, and he drops it! He drops it! It's over! It's over! The Springboks have won! The Springboks have won! 36-34! She's out! She's out! She's over! All Blacks think they've scored! Oh. All Blacks have scored! Oh. All Blacks have scored! Oh. Wow! Wow! Moanga Lok steps back. Here's the charge. Right foot through. Over! Yes! Game over as well. The All Blacks have stolen it at the death. 32-30. Taken. Oh, here's Sam Underhill. Underhill galloping away. He needs to dart. He's turned Bowden Barrett inside out. Try! Try Sam Underhill. Number... 20 White is in an offside position. It's dry or it's offside? No, it's offside. Moanga to the stairs. Game over! Game over! The All Blacks beat England 16-15 in an absolute classic test match at Twickenham. Here's Stockdale. Chip and chase. Will it set up for Jacob? Taken down. Try! It's over! It's over! Ireland! Ireland defeat the All Blacks for the first time on home soil. World number two knocks off world number one. What a test match. Welcome into the final edition of Out of the Box for 2018. As we uh, look back at the year that has been, uh, as we wrap a bow on it, something like that, I think our rugby editor Nigel Alden has far better 
uh, luck uh, when uttering that phrase. He joins me for the final time, Nigel. Afternoon. Greetings. Brian Ashby out of the beautiful south. Kia ora. Good afternoon. Greetings. Yes, as the Rolling Stones once sang, it's only rugby union, but we like it. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> How about this one? Crockzilla goes out a winner. He, he does nothing other than win international games of rugby. <laughs> Pretty cool, eh? Pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, it's almost sort of. Uh, you know, let's not forget, he's got another season of domestic rugby to come. But yeah, nice, nice way to go out and. I guess when you're sort of racking up all sorts of numbers in your career, it's nice to get that opportunity to play for the Barbarians and to get the job done. Um, yeah, look, look good on him. Every accolade that's coming his way is a bloke that I've loved working with, dealing with for well over a decade. So, so good on him. Fantastic. I just love the way they appointed him as captain. He's the oldest. <laughs> 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 that works. It shows how much winning for the Barbars means. They were loving it, Nigel, weren't they? Oh, the, the, the barbarians! Everyone's trying for you know what 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 is the bar bars? And a lot of people think that it's you know it's a bit of a glorified sort of get on the piss sort of a, a week, and there's probably a, a fair degree of accuracy <laughs> in that. But what it also shows as well, it's it's the joy, it's the camaraderie, it's guys that you normally spend 80 minutes trying to beat the stuffing out of coming together. And having a really good time playing sport, and that, that's something that sport, whether it's oval ball, round ball, any kind of sport, that should still be quite a nice component to it. And and watching them in the changing room prior to uh, with the song they were singing and watching Lude Yaga, who I think, that let's be honest, when we've seen him in press conferences and when we see him play, you don't see him that expressive. Absolutely going nuts leading the sing-song. That's the sort of stuff that I love. That's the reason why the Barbarians are still quite important. And I know, yes, they are becoming a little bit more monetized, but they're still so much fun. Their social media is so much fun. The things that they do prior to and after the games, it's just enjoyable. And it reminds us why we actually love sport. Sport is fun. Sport is happiness. Sport is, can be really, really quite empowering. So long live the Barbars, in my opinion. Hey, before we start looking at the year that has been, let's talk about a story out in the last couple of hours. We don't often talk about uh, Schools First 15 on this programme, even though New Zealand spends way too much time obsessing about it. But this is a, a quite a big story here. Uh, Brian St. Kentigan College excluded from next year's Auckland 1A First 15 competition after a coalition of schools agreed to boycott them. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this. I, I did some similar stories in Christchurch um, last year, all the schools ganged up against St Andrews. They had a couple of Pacific Island boys came in. They were overage, and there's, there are different rules between rugby union and the secondary school sports council in terms of age uh, and so on. And uh, Nick Hill from Boys High ended up being the spokesperson in this scenario, and I think he was played by the other schools a wee bit because the, the, the cold, harsh reality is they, they all do it. They all offer scholarships. They all pull in players um, from from other schools, and it has gone on for years. And to be fair, Christchurch Boys High School have been major beneficiaries in this market. It wasn't really picked up nationally, I guess, because it wasn't Auckland, and, and no one was terribly interested. But but it was, you know, it is a big deal. It is a huge issue, and I, I'm always a little bit nervous because of the reasons I just outlined um, about the other schools going down this route. On the surface, uh, it appears to be a, a, a pretty good move an honourable move in, in, in terms of trying to do the right thing. And there are challenges for rugby union when you get to that, um, the latter stages of secondary school. You've got the big 
hairy, scary rigs all ending up in the one team and the little blokes getting smashed over uh, and other teams. And, and, and it does drive a few potential players away from the game uh, a little bit sooner. So I, I'm, I'm just keen to see sort of where this, this goes and in, yeah. in, in the passage of time and what the reaction is. Yeah, picking up players from well outside the Auckland region, that Nigel, uh, has led to this rather drastic move, isn't it? It's a drastic oh, look, move look, for look, teams to boycott a singular team. Oh, look, Brian's touched on it with what he does in Christchurch. Daniel, you've probably seen it in Wellington. I know it happens here in the Waikato, and I'm sure there are people listening to the show all around New Zealand who have had it happen. Maybe not to the same degree as what we're referring to here with St Kenegids and the Auckland 1A competition, but there will be people who will be able to tell stories of a similar ilk. If you open up the phone lines after 3 o'clock, I'm sure there'll be a bucket load of people who will be able to tell you this. Some maybe have already already called in. Okay, This has been happening for a long time mm. in rugby primarily. I know of schools as well that have recruited outside their region to just to make sure that they can put a decent eight on the water for Marty Cup and the like. So that this isn't completely foreign. But the simple fact is, is there are sums of money now and, and there is just way too much importance starting to be played. Well, there's probably a little bit too much importance at times, even when I was going to school. And, Daniel, we're talking now nearly 25, 30 years removed from my time at secondary school. There was too much sort of focus put on certain things of sporting. Now, I understand that sport is a massive part of New Zealand culture and it's a massive part of where you gain some of our identity from. And I know for secondary schools, there's, there's also that similar sort of a thing. But this is just a really good, timely reminder that, that stuff's getting out of control. It's only yeah. a game. The, yeah, the, no, primary, no, the, primary, the primary function of secondary school is education. Yeah. Now, for someone like me, uh, I found sport is a great way to help me learn, but I, I didn't, it didn't need to go this far. That, that was just who I am as an individual. There are people out there who would have learnt a lot from their, from their sporting experiences as school as much as what they probably would have learnt inside a classroom. But, but this, is, this is beyond that. The primary function of secondary school is education. This is incredibly disconcerting. We do not, it is wrong that secondary schools in New Zealand have a better financial base than what some Mitre 10 Cup provinces have, than probably what all of the Heartland Championship provinces have. It's just wrong. It's the haves and the have-nots, and it's, this, this is great. I think this is wonderful stuff. Great work, Dylan Cleaver. And what I would really love to see, I really think New Zealand rugby, and I think I've said this on this segment before, gentlemen, New Zealand rugby need to control this. It's got to be taken away from the Secondary Schools Council. New Zealand Rugby has got to take care of First 15 Rugby going forward yeah. in order to make sure that things have got some kind of direction because I don't think the Secondary School Council has got the power to be able to dictate to some of these schools I think New Zealand Rugby would have. Well, and, I, and I can I completely understand where, we, why you get to that position, Nigel, because this has been lingering for a long, long time. And while Decades. not all schools do it, it is very, very common. And it seemingly is just uh, going to a whole new level. Uh, should we should we actually start to reflect on the year that was 2018? Nigel, let's head down to uh, Super Rugby Champion uh, Country, the Crusade. Can you remember week one? It seems so long ago. Well, that was the one. There was two. There were two games played in South Africa. So are we talking about South African week one or yeah, everybody else week one? Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> But were you pretty confident, Brian, heading into uh, the season that the Razor Gang, to use your line, were ready to rumble again? Um, 
Like, like you should go. go in. Here we go. Listen to it. Circle, circle the wagons, Brian. Circle the wagons. <laughs> you go in as favourites as defending champions. Um, you know, you, you've got a certain level of swagger that, that, that comes with that, and you, you, you earn that. But it's such a damn complicated competition and, and such a long competition, and there is so much that can go wrong. So it, as confident as you can be in those circumstances, and, and did I see them as favourites? Yeah, I did on the basis of the fact that they were, um, you know, the, the, the defending champions. But you, you can never say it with any great degree of confidence. Well, some people can. I, I just can't. I'm probably a glass half empty, perhaps, when, it, when it, it comes to that situation. But a wee bit like going into next year, they've only got a turnover of, I think, uh, five players have departed. They deserve to go into next year. Even though it's World Cup year and there's a lot of All Blacks, they again deserve to go in as favourites next year. I think they were two from two through the opening month of the comp, Nige, and then, what was it, 15 in a row they rattled off or something? Yeah, some, something like, like that. that there. I mean, they they they, they got uh, just really good change out of a bunch of bunch of people. I mean, it just showed the depth that they have got, the talent they've got, the quality of coaching they've got really shone through. You know, you know Richie Moanga, I suspect, will probably win Super Rugby Player of the Year next week. At the um, at the New Zealand Rugby Awards, I think Broker's jaw. When was yeah, that? Latter yeah. latter half of uh, one of their opening games might have even been against the Bulls. I think maybe that was week three, week fourish. They didn't have him for an eight week stretch yet. You know who steps in? You 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 got you know Mike Delaney who was lurking around there. Mitch Hunt jumped in and did a great job as well. And it just shows that the talent, the depth, how important it is to maybe have a bit of veteran depth in key areas like first five eight. Now they've got a lovely pickup when you get Owen Franks comes back sort of um, uh, uh, at the midway point of the competition. Joe Moody, even though he got, had a couple of hiccups, you get him back. Then obviously Kieran Reid comes back right as you start pushing through into the playoffs as well. So, you know, it, it just worked out really well. I, I still thought the Hurricanes were the favourites going into the system, uh, into the season, but, you know, the Crusaders, they just kept rolling rolling and you just kind of got the feeling that they were just going to keep on grinding their way through as soon as it was you got to go through Christchurch to win the title I think yep. it was pretty much a fait accompli from that point well I think the Canes had won 10 of their opening 11 hadn't they Brian including 10 yeah. on the bounce but they got the speed wobbles and the Crusaders didn't yeah and I, and I think probably um, it came down when Nigel sort of alluded to it there in terms of the depth of the squad so I think probably in the end, you know, the Hurricanes had a great first 15 or first 23. The Crusaders squad, yeah, you take guys like the uh, your bread and butter guys like a Quinton Strange. You know, whenever that bloke got out on the paddock, he, he just was, was out of his skin. And I think that Hayden was Bedwell that was a Curtis. thing. Yeah, Hayden Bedwell. Yeah, he's a bloke who who had been in the winning squad the year before. Um, couldn't even get a full contract. Suddenly in the off season. They have an injury. They call him in his cover. He ends up playing the final in just about every game along the way, and 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 was playing out of his skin. What a great pickup he is for the Hurricanes for you know next year. Wonderful player. So that I think that was probably the difference between yeah. the, the Crusaders and the Canes in the end. Are you over the Heartland Championship heartbreak yet, Nigel? Mate, when you lose to the better team, there we go. Take it on the chin and move on. Take it on the chin and move on. But how how good were those <laughs> stories this year, Daniel? I mean, you know. Um, the, the wonderful, uh, you know, Hotafeno Kapiti, um, you know, that, that little, that, that great little rivalry game in the final as well. Um, and then you, you throw in our old mates from, from Thames Valley who, look, they won't win Team of the Year, sadly, at the, at the Rugby Awards, but to me they are the epitome of what a team is. They just grew throughout the year. 
their spirit grew, their confidence grew, their play grew out this, uh, through, throughout the Heartland Championship season as well was superb. Went in, inflicted the only loss that my boys suffered all year, but they did it at the right time in a semi-final, just strangled Whanganui to death and then went on to do the same over a very good South Canterbury team in the final in Timaru. Um, you know, wonderful storylines coming out of that. Um, just, just another really cracking season of the best provincial rugby competition in the world, which is the Heartland Championship, a.k.a. the People's Rugby. Well, well, the Swamp Foxes uh, changing room uh, should win Rugby Photo of the Year, no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> naked bod on uh, head with booze oh, being were, poured were... out. With booze being poured out of trophy, Nigel. Ticks every box. Oh, mate, there were, there were a few good Kurt <laughs> Baker challenge photos, though, okay? I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Wendy, Wendy Frew will probably be sitting there going, hang on, you forgot about us down there with our, our one as well. So, you know. Yeah, but there was no trophy with booze in it. That's the maybe that's what we need <laughs> to do. Maybe we cup. need to see. Can we start a petition? Let's see if we can get that added to the rugby awards next week. Yeah, the best, best Kurt Baker challenge photo. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt Baker. Thank you, Kurt <laughs> Baker, for starting that trend. Even though eh? uh, those who love getting outraged got outraged. Uh, the the Mitre Ten Cup too was you know cracking finals in that one as well, Brian. Oh, it defied belief, wasn't it? That that was. To, you, you, you can't script um, a finish better than that, can you? You, you go to extra time, um, a team that's won a whole heap against a superpower that should be a superpower but hasn't been for a long time, uh, and they're banging heads and it goes, goes to that sort of distance. And, and it ebbed and flowed through the game. They looked dead and buried for a time. Suddenly they came back. There's all sorts going on, yellow cards, turning points. That, that was one for the ages. I, I thought that was a very, very special game. And, uh, you know, Auckland fans, it's given them uh, a whole lot to feel positive about, not just Mitre 10 Cup, but maybe a glimmer of hope for, for the Blues in terms of the psyche for the region, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, yeah, perfect scenario. Great way to round out what was, what was a cracking competition. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It had a lot riding on it. After you know, we're going to invite fans in for free, and I, I was worried. Oh, I hope it's not a uh, you know a letdown. It, it wasn't, Nigel. It was a cracking uh, game. No, it was. And the, the the American phrase "instant classic." That's what sprung straight to mind as I was sitting in Japan listening to Elliot's call of the final moments of, of that. There, it just sounded like an absolute instant classic. And I think it's quite interesting when you look at the two teams that took out the Mitre Ten Cup trophies this year. Auckland just about relegated last year right on what a lot of people thought was at their lowest ebb. What the heck was going on with Auckland rugby? Waikato failing to win any of their crossover games, seeing them bounce down had in 2017. Had a year, Nige. Remember yeah, that? Precise. Yeah, we were talking about that, weren't we? They we had won just... over a year and then they just <laughs> went kaboom, went down, won the Ram Furley Shield, uh, got, obviously lost the Ram Furley Shield to Otago which added a nice little bit of spice um, to the final later on, but you know, just two teams. It, it showed that you can turn things around in a short period of time, but it's also all about players in the right position. Maybe I think you've got to point a lot to coaches with regards to the way that those sides have been turned around. Um, but also, as well, I think you look at that there, and then you also go as well, and you have a look at the two competitions too in the Farra Palmer Cup, and you just look at you put that the Mitre Ten Cup the Heartland Championship, and you put all three of those provincial competitions together, and it just shows you why New Zealand rugby is so strong. And it, it, I'm like everyone, I get disappointed when I don't see people going along and, and, and watching to the same degree. I know the numbers are good on TV, and I know we get good listenership here on Radio Sport, but you know when you see put all six of those competitions together, 
um, the, uh, sorry, all, all five of you separate all the different trophies out, okay? But I, I just think we're in just such a wonderful state still at the moment. I, I think it's just absolutely wonderful. And deserving winners in the Farah Palmer Cup, deserving winners in the Mitre 10 Cup, and deserved winners as well across the Meads Cup and the Lahore Cup. That's all you want at the end of the day. That is all you I, want hey, out of yeah. your competition. Did, did we, um, Louis might know, did we ever get a thank you letter from the Waikato Rugby Union, incidentally? Um, you know, after we'd sort of, you know, said they were getting married and it had been for did, did it come? I, I can't recall getting a, a I don't recall either, Ash. You don't recall, Louis? Okay. Thanks, thanks, mate. Well, on behalf of Out of the Box, can I just say to the Waikato Rugby, you're welcome. <laughs> I think they You're definitely welcome. heard because I never got invited to the Waikato Rugby Union Awards ceremony this year, so I'm pretty sure they did hear. <laughs> Brian Ashby, great. The All Blacks year. Um, the All Blacks year. Look, I, I thought it was, um, I, I, to me, the, the All Blacks year was a year of um, consolidation and treading water. And that, that sounds a little bit negative, but it's not. It's a year out from a World Cup. You're not going to sort of lay all your cards uh, on the table a year out from the World Cup. I thought it was perfectly satisfactory. And, uh, um, you know, I've, I've, there are a few questions, but I think there's an element of sandbagging go on. So I'm, I'm comfortable with, with where the All Blacks are at. You don't want to be um, like we were for many, many years, a trillion dollars between um, uh, World Cups and uh, the $2 shop in World Cup years. So I, I, I feel pretty good about where the All Blacks are at. All right. Nige? Uh, B, um, I could maybe stretch it to I was going to go plus, B minus because I'm miserable. No, well, I just I, I think we saw some really great stuff um, to begin, but I think what what we saw what I think we saw was there was a lot of good stuff, but there was also some concerning factors with regards to um, turnover ball. They weren't as slick. They weren't no. as accurate as what we've seen from them in the past. Yes, they punished teams, particularly Australia, when they had the opportunity off turnover ball. Their counter-attack was quite superb. But I think they still really struggled with certain things. I know they got some lovely set-piece tries, and there were some nice strike plays. But just I think just the accuracy, and people may say that's being a bit nitpicky, but this is the All Blacks. They nitpick more on themselves than what anybody else, any member of the media, any fan can ever do. And I think they would admit that they weren't as accurate at times. Timing was off on certain things. We know that they are supposedly working on uh, this new structure that is going to be able to help them break down sort of umbrella defensive defences and the like and give them another option to go to um, come World Cup time. But, but I think by their high standards, I think they... It's really a B. The backline play for me was um, was okay. Thought the forward play was great. Mike Cron, it, this guy should be a, a coach of the year nominee. He should be. He should have at least won world coach rugby coach of the year at least once. What he's done with his group of front rowers and forwards is quite a startling. Line out was great. Scrum was great. They were pretty good when it came to you know the ruck and maul and that sort of thing and those sort of efficiencies as well. It's trying to get some of that. Backline play and the continuity going for mine. So for me, it's it's really a B. I, I don't think okay. they don't think they regressed, but I don't think they advanced as much as they maybe would have liked to. Now I know the nominations are out for the 2018 Rugby Awards, all 17 awards. Um, we won't go through those because uh, we don't want to bore everyone. Uh, but Nigel and Brian, uh, Brian's come up with some clever ideas. Uh, our own awards. Uh, we've got five categories starting off with the Graham Thorne Memorial Haircut Horror Show Award. 
<laughs> Elton Yanchi is, is always a strong contender for this one. But I'm going to go... Hey, hey, that's taken some time. There's a bit of finesse about that. No, it's right, Look, rubbish. it can be good or it's bad ev- at the same time. It's good time. or bad. Yeah. This is good or bad at the same time. My yeah. winner, hands down, Evan Olmstead, Auckland. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that one sucked through. I, yeah, I didn't consider that. I didn't consider that at all. Yeah, but that, that's that's a good call. He, he, there was so I I I got to say I'm not a fan. No, well, it. it wouldn't work in short back and sides country where you are. No, no. I, for for me, um, I, I've gone old school. Um, it's big hair. It's 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 big dreads. It's capped off with an equally uh, equally impressive beard. Uh, Rene Ranger, quality, the veteran, hands down. <laughs> and yes, Nigel, if you want to get a moustache reference in here. Oh, gee, so so I get to do facial hair of the year, <laughs> or the Graham the, the, Memorial okay. Haircut Horror Show. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Sam Sal Gash is throwing his one in there. This is the Keith Murdoch Facial Hair of the Year Award. It can oh, only go to one person. Going. It is yeah. the man who has made the moustache even more fashionable than it already was. God bless you, Carl Doinokuafi. Uh, Brian Ashby, the Miss Year Miss Year Wouldn't Want to Kiss Year Award. The player who is headed offshore or retired that you're going to miss the most. Yeah, this um, I, I, I look. I narrowly give this one to Mike Delaney um, because he came back um, after a long stint overseas. Um, you know, quietly did his job at the Steamers. Suddenly, as a veteran, um, unlikely call up into the Crusaders and was wonderful when when he got on the park. He was one of those guys. He was a bit of a fall guy in the squad. Um, they all took the mick out of him, and, and but but tremendous when he was out on the park. Um, good squad man. It's a shame that he couldn't end his career on his own terms with Bay of Plenty, ending that the, the Mighty Ten Cup um, with, with uh, injury, but uh, and, and calling time on his career. I'll give it to him just ahead of Seta Tamani Valu, who I think for two seasons at Crusaders uh, and All Blacks just bubbled along quietly, but was a massive contributor um, to, to that side. So for me, Mike Delaney gets that one. I will go uh, Nigel Bradshield. Wellington bias, yes, but uh, Louis and I are going to miss the fact he provided us weeks of talk back for being a traitor. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go stick actually with the Hurricanes as well. I'm going to go Blade Thompson. Um, a guy for me who I honestly felt if he ever got chosen for the All Blacks would have done an absolutely outstanding good job. And stop popping his shoulder, you're probably right. Yeah, precisely. I, I think he's a guy, he, he's one of those players who he reminds me a little bit of Richard Buckman. Um, I always think that the Barracuda, if you put him in an All Black Jews, he's a guy who finds a way to get to the level required. And Blade Thompson reminds me of exactly the same. I thought he would have been great. We know he can play six. We know he can play eight. We know he can play lock as well. He's got great athleticism, beautiful ball skills. He's a guy I'm going to miss playing because I just really, really rate him. All right, Brian, the Casper the Friendly Ghost Award, the person lurking in the background that's been the most influential rugby bod. I could nominate Swampy, uh, who's still out on the plonk, I think, after Tim's Valley's victory. <laughs> but I'm going to start the heartland, John Sturgeon. God, he had a part named after him, oh, after all. Yes, yeah, look, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's, that's a good call, uh, John Sturgeon. And uh, I, I, I'm going to go some, with, with somebody here who um, you can just about give a Lifetime Achievement Award to this bloke. Um, after he came back from Wales, he, he did it with the Blues in 03. He quietly did it with the Auckland team this year, Sir Graham Henry. Um, uh, no, not taking nothing away from Alama Iramir and the wonderful work that he did, but Sir Graham Henry's influence there, I think, hugely important for the psyche uh, of, of the Auckland players, but good Auckland shout. rugby in general. That's a good shout. Nige? That is a very, very good shout. My one probably a little bit more uh, thinking ahead beyond Sensible. 2019. Um, I think the guy who did great work this year with the Crusaders who maybe didn't get as much love as what he should have is Jason Ryan. Uh, I really like the way that he prepares 
Ford Packs, I think he is a guy post-2019 as someone who could come into the mix for, for, for higher honours. I like the way that man goes about his work. Uh, your typical Ford sort of coach, very understated, very quiet, good guy to have a bit of a chinwag to, as I'm sure Brian Ashby will allude yeah. to as well. I'm probably going to go Jason Ryan there. I'm stunned you didn't go Micron. I've already said that he's the yeah. World Coach of the Year. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's been nominated for any other awards. It's just you to actually give him an award. Well, it's fun. It's funny you, you mentioned. You know, one of the big things that we always look at is the Steinlager Selva each year. You know, well, when's it going to go to Mike Cron? Mm, good point. You know? uh, the welcome back Cotter, the player whose career was looking on the slippery slide to nowhere, and suddenly has bounced back, bounce back, Brian. Well, listen, I hadn't even heard of this bloke before the start of the year. Um, he's already been. He's already won the, um, the probably slightly more prestigious award that Nigel gave out for the moustache of the year. Uh, Carl Tuanukuafi. Yeah, um, it's a clean sweep. Yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep this it, one. It, he's almost too good for this award, but it goes to him. Nigel, I, I'm with Brian. Yeah, it's 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 hard not to. It's, it's an awesome hard not story, to, isn't it? Um, I mean, just you know, all all the things that he's been through, sitting on the outer. Yeah, you can sit here as well. You can also make a good case for a guy like an Angus Tavau as well um, with what with what he's been through. Um, so there's, there's a few of those sort of guys that just sort of grinded away and, and just got some reward. But Carl Dui Nukuafi, he's just a great yarn, just a cracking yarn and a good, good young man. And Brian, the Madonna Like a Surgeon Award, the best comeback from an injury. Some strong competition in the front row here, uh, likes of Owen Franks, the likes of Joe Moody. But for sheer longevity and uh, ongoing setbacks and, and, and finishing the year with a bang, uh, take a bow, Dane Coles. There's a few front rowers. It was good to see La 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 get back, but I, I'd probably edge it to yeah. Coles because yeah, he's just had too, such yeah. a horror couple of years, knee injury, concussions before that. It's good to see him back, Nigel. Yeah. True. Kieran Reid was staring down the barrel of never playing rugby ever again. Yeah, and he has... He has, um, he has managed now. He copped a lot of stuff from the signal last week and the last week of the All Blacks, but I thought Kieran Reid just came back, worked his way into it. I, I still remember what he did in that final. That final, what was it, nine, oh, was it um, 32 odd carries or 19 or 20 odd carries for only 32 metres and around about 19 or 20 tackles as well. I, I understand. The Dane Coles coming back, and, and I think it's great. I, I just actually think Kieran Reid might just nobble him. Right. As far as the actual rugby awards, Nigel, what is the most um, contentious award? What, what will spark the most debate up and down pubs uh, oh, before the awards are dished out? Uh, I, I, well, I looked at the finalists for the Kelvin Tremaine, and I'm happy with two of them. And Cody Taylor and Kendra Coxedge. Um, I felt Ben Smith and Sam Whitelock probably deserved to be there uh, ahead of Richie Moanga and Brodie Retallick personally. Um, but, you know, that's just, I, I look over the entire body of work for the entire season, and those two have just been absolutely outstanding for mine, along with Cody Taylor. Retallick, I just thought, missed a little bit too much. He missed, you yep. know, time in the Chiefs season, he missed time in the All Black season. And as I said, I think Moanga should be the Super Rugby Player of the Year. Um, and whilst I thought he did some really nice things for the All Blacks, but I didn't think those nice things outweighed all of the stuff that Smith and Whitelock did for the All Blacks. So for me, 
Um, I'm happy with two of the four finalists in that one. The Kendra Kotsk siege for me should be an absolute lay down for the for the women's uh, 15s player of the year, um, and deserves to be in, in the final as well for the Kelvin Archermain Memorial. I still think Cody Taylor's going to win it myself, but just disappointed that Whitelock and Smith have not been recognised because I think these seasons have been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I think Richie Moonga wins a rugby player of the Super Rugby player of the year, but Cody Taylor's. It's hard to go against that, uh, Brian, isn't it? As far as uh, the major player of the year gone. Yeah, I th- look, I think, um, yeah, with Cody, I, you know, I mentioned this last week, he's, he's possibly had more minutes this year than, than anybody through Super Rugby uh, and, and International Rugby, and he, he tailed off a wee bit towards the, um, you know, the, the, on, the, on the Northern Tour towards the end, but, but hardly surprising given the um, volume of work that he, you know, he, he had to carry. You take you know, early on the year, Ben Fennell, um, going down for, for Crusaders, so he probably spent more time out on the paddock each game than uh, he ordinarily would have until the latter stages of that competition as well. And I, I, I thought he was outstanding. So, yeah, the All Blacks are in a pretty good place, really, with, with, with Coles coming back and Cody Taylor really being on, on top of his game. As, as you know, we look ahead to next year, he, he gets it for me ahead of Kendrick Oxage. Who's your team of the year? Be Daniel. Yep. Daniel, Sorry? one thing that's going to be quite interesting is that Tom French Memorial Māori Player of the Year. Because Siragos, Rico Ioani and Cody Taylor, that's a trio. That is a trio. Um, and I, uh, to be quite honest, this is, this is going to be a real hard decision, I think, for the judges to have made. Uh, because you've got 15s v 7s, and Siragos has been lights out for a very, very good Blackfern 7s team. And I'm not going to be surprised to see Cody Taylor win the Kelvin R, but I, I can see Siragos walking away with the, with the Tom French Memorial. But then she should win Player of the Year. But she's not yeah, nominated. But she's not nominated. I know, but so Kendra this Cox is this wins. is the and, and this is a, you raise a really interesting point <laughs> yeah. because in that there you've got sevens and fifteens yet and everything else these are separate sevens and fifteens categories. So yeah, you know, that'll be as I say, it'll be a very interesting challenge for the judges of yep. that particular category. Because I I'm think pretty all... confident though, Nige, and tell me if I'm wrong here. The Blackfern Sevens win Team of the Year, don't they? It's hard to go past do. Commonwealth Games gold medal, World Cup, 39 match unbeaten streak, and they've yep. just won the Lonsdale Cup. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree fully. Here's the interesting thing, though. See, I, I see them winning that there. Yet I think Clark Laidlaw should probably win Coach of the Year because I think he's done more with less than the men's Sevens team, who achieved who achieved. World Championship and also Commonwealth Games gold as well. All right, fellas, anything we've missed, Brian? No, I, no, I don't think so. Other than um, thanks for every Wednesday afternoon, lads. It's been a thorough joy talking rugby union and 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 um, generally sort of sparking debate around the country and and uh, looking back at the text the next day saying, "What did Dickie say? What's he talking about?" <laughs> it's always quite good. But look, everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows so much about the game of, of rugby union in this country, and uh, everyone has a valid a valid opinion because we've all grown up with the game, and it's 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 wonderful um, just to see so many different ideas flung about and, uh, and and different ways for us all to think about the game. So yeah, it's always a lot of fun. Enjoy Daniel, one season, final Brian. award to hand yep. out. One final award to hand out. The Graham Moody commentary of the year. God rest that beautiful man's soul. Brian Ashby calling Scott Robinson's break dancing at the end of the Super <laughs> Rugby final. By the length of the straight, not even a competition. Do not need a casting vote. Thank oh, I don't you very much. Hand. Terrible, terrible of me. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you and yours. Have a great uh, break, and we'll catch you in 2019. Cheers, Les. Les.